Hi, everybody. My name is Kathy. I am recovering from compulsive overeating and sugar addiction. So glad Jenny invited me to talk with you all today. I haven't been to this meeting for quite a while. So here's a little bit of my story. Um, I have a horse rescue ranch in Grass Valley, California. I have owned and loved horses my whole life. I had all the advantages of material wealth when I was a kid, but there was no love in that house. I have been a compulsive overeater since I was really little. My overeating started as soon as I could drag a chair over to the counter so I could climb up and get all the sugary things on the top shelf. I didn't become obese until college. Off and on during my college years, I was way up there, came back down, way up there. But I did battle with my weight my whole life. Now, I, I know this story is similar to a lot of you in, in the rooms, in the meetings I attend. You try every diet, and it works just wonderfully, and then it stops, and you gain all your weight back. So I would lose 50 pounds, gain back 70. The next diet would appear and I'd lose that 70. And the moment I got down there, I'd start gaining it back until I weighed even more. I have weighed 100 pounds more than I do today. I hated going to social events when I was fat. I just, I just hated it. I came up with any excuse possible to avoid leaving the house when I could possibly be the fattest person at the gathering. Because I looked around and said, you know, is there anybody fatter than me? And I often won that awful contest. So I hated leaving the house. I lived with a ton of shame, a lot of recrimination. Why couldn't I fix this? Why couldn't I stop overeating? I absolutely did not understand that I was an addict. I didn't understand that at all. So in 2018, I decided I was gonna try again to lose weight, just in desperation. I was feeling so awful and thinking, I have to fix this, I have to fix this. So I was about 70 pounds heavier than I am right now. Uh, one of my friends is uh, in another national weight program and I talked to her about her experience. And I said, well, you know, that program is absolutely not for me. It's not gonna work. I'm not gonna get on a scale in front of 50 people. I don't even wanna get on a scale in front of me. So no for that one. But she told me her mom was very active in OA and maybe I should talk to her. In absolute ignorance, I said, nah, what's OA? I had never heard of it. She said, it's a 12-step program for overeaters. Well, you know, I knew about AA, and what I knew about AA is very limited, but I know the slogan was, let go and let God. Well, I am an atheist. I'm not a seeker. I'm not a maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I'm absolutely hardline atheist. I do not believe that any spiritual entity is out there that looks after me, that would guide me, that would take care of my eating disorder. 
I knew I had to learn to help myself, but I had tried and failed so many times. I was reluctant to try again. Really, desperation brought me to that first meeting. I was doubtful that a program based on belief in religious intervention could possibly help me. But because I was desperate and because I had tried absolutely everything else, I thought, just do it, just go, see what's happening. Now, that first meeting in November of 2018 was really an eye-opener. That's when I understood I was an addict. The people there were sharing openly and honestly and without shame about behaviors I did and had kept hidden and secret for literally decades. Eating from the trash, stealing food, hiding food behaviors from friends and family, going through the drive-through, maybe some of you have done this one, go through the drive-through, order some extra meals, eat them hurriedly on the way home, and then sit down with your family and eat your meal. <laughs> secrets, we keep secrets. You make food to bring to a gathering, but you make a separate batch just for yourself to eat it all. Now, there are many more examples, and I'm sure a lot of us have done them. Now, <laughs> a friend in one of my recovery circles feels that the CIA should recruit spies from among the OA community. He said, we excel at living double lives, and we come become experts at lying convincing, convincingly. Now, that made me laugh, <laughs> but it really could be true. Uh, I certainly wore a face mask when I was out in public, didn't share those secrets. So I attended traditional meetings for more than a year. That was when we were all still in person. It did take me a couple of months to decide to stop binging. I had hoped that I would learn that I could binge and maintain a healthy body weight. You know, I wasn't ready to give up on any of my lies when I first started. But finally, one day at a time, I became abstinent. And over the course of the next year, I lost all the weight that I started away with and had a healthy body weight for the first time in years. Normally, I'd get to where I thought this is good, and I'd go instantly back to my old eating habits. But that didn't happen this time. Now, I was starting to be seriously bothered by the reliance on a deity for healing. That's what I heard in all the meetings, and the 12 steps are so God-heavy and turn over to God. I, I started to feel I couldn't be authentic with my shares. Because while almost everybody in the traditional meetings are supportive about my atheism, if I mentioned my lack of faith in my share, then several shares after mine, they would include how God helped them maintain their abstinence. And I thought I, I needed to edit my shares in order not to trigger that response in others. And that felt dishonest and stifling. Then I found secular meetings. I, I could just feel the tension go away from my shoulders. I felt instantly at home in that first secular meeting. 
I knew that I could be open and honest and I would not get any negative responses. I only go to secular meetings now unless I'm asked to speak at a traditional meeting. Hearing the 12 steps and the 12 traditions read triggers that critic in my head that says, right, that won't work for me. And then I stop listening. So I miss the good wisdom. So secular meetings are the way that I go. Now, my sponsor and I, she's a Buddhist. She went, we went round and round about the concept of a higher power. I kept telling her that nothing and no one was coming to rescue me, that I had to do it myself. And she kept saying, I had to find a source of strength that was always available to me. Now, one day she gave me a visual I could use, and I have told this story before, but this is what gave me my higher power. She told me to picture myself on a bus with all the different aspects of my character filling the seats. My bratty self, my kind self, my stingy and generous selves. Now, every one of us can fill up a bus with our personality traits. Then she said, who do you want driving the bus? Well, the best part of me, of course, my best self. At her direction, starting right at that moment, it was one of those aha moments, I have found my source of strength. Right then, I started working on building a relationship with that best self. We all have that best self, that quiet voice of reason that speaks when we want to do something stupid or wrong or against our values, quiet in the background, not yelling, not chastising, just going, that probably wouldn't be the best thing to do, would it? You know, just this quiet little voice. Now, over the years, that was probably in 2019, maybe even 2020, that part of me has become my best support. The best part of all of us are, is kind and reassuring and supportive and She's very happy when I take the care of myself. She gently advises me when I'm heading in the wrong direction. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I don't always listen to her. Every once in a while, that bratty part of me sometimes driving that bus. But mostly I listen because she never steers me wrong, ever. My best self. In the beginning of my abstinence, I was still tormented by compulsive thoughts. I missed binging because I missed the oblivion that comes when I numbed my emotions with food. It probably took almost two years before my brain switched from, I really miss binging to, I am so thankful I don't binge. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen nearly as quickly as I wanted it to. But even though it was a slow process, I kept going to meetings and reinforcing what I knew to be true, listening to the wisdom of those who were already there to learn new tips and techniques. I could use one 
unhealthy food thoughts came to my mind. Now, I know I could relapse in a heartbeat. This disease is sneaky and powerful. Another visual that I got from a friend in one of my recovery circles is that recovery is a long road with a parallel ditch. It does not matter how long you have been on that road and abstinent, that relapse ditch is the same distance away. It's, it's not as if the farther you go, the farther that ditch is and the less chance you have of a relapse. One bite away, one family-sized bag of something away from a binge. It's just that close. I have been successful in this program for many reasons, but I do have a very strong action plan. I go to several meetings a week. I'm in three recovery circles. If you're not in a recovery circle, they're quite wonderful. I'm in a recovery book club, and these all meet every week. Another thing I do is I plan my meals out so that I can forget about food in between meals. Now, I like to give myself a couple of choices because if I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for breakfast and it sounds delicious right now, and I wake up tomorrow morning and it no longer sounds delicious, I'm not going to eat it. My inner child, my rebellious teenager would go, you can't make me do that. I don't want to do that. So I make sure that I have good, healthy choices just in case what I planned for didn't appeal to me anymore. I eat only when I'm hungry, not by the clock. That works for me. I know it doesn't work for other people. They like more order. They like their eight o'clock breakfast, their noon lunch, and their six o'clock dinner. When my body says, would you please feed me? Then that's when I do it. For me to maintain my weight, I eat two meals a day and a snack in the afternoon. And one of the things that I do when I sit down is I look at my plate and I assure myself that it is enough because it is. It's a good, healthy portion. It's enough. The addict will go, it might be enough, but we could always have more. You know, no, it's enough. Another thing I do that helps me stay abstinent is I sponsor several people. Helping somebody else get abstinent helps me stay abstinent. When I listen to people sharing their struggles and thoughts and behaviors that are not abstinent, I remember how awful that struggle was and how I don't ever want to go back there. New people are wonderful to help me remember the hell inside my head when I'm not taking good care of myself and when I'm overeating. I also meet weekly with my sponsor. We read recovery books together. I know a whole lot more about Buddhism than I did when I started. She helps me when I'm unsure how to proceed with a sponsee. She's got decades of experience with sponsees and I've only got a couple of years, so I rely on her wisdom. I'm in contact with some OA member through a meeting, through texts, through my recovery circles every day. And I reach out when I'm feeling shaky with my abstinence. If I start daydreaming about overeating one of my red foods 
and that's the day I need to go to the grocery store, I will text somebody when I'm on my way in and text them again when I come out. That little tiny bit of accountability has never failed to keep me away from my red foods. So that's a tip that works for me every time. I exercise every day. I wear Fitbit and I exceed my goal of 12,000 steps every day. I do it in many different ways. I park far away from the entrance of any store I'm going to so I can get steps. I never drive around looking for a close parking spot. I go to the back and I park there and walk. When I go down to feed the horses, I have a short way to the barn that's about 350 steps and a long way to the barn that's 1,700. I walk the long way to the barn unless it's gale force winds and driving rain. I won't buy an ATV. Everyone looks at me and sees my age and says, you got to slow down and you got to get an ATV and you have to do this and that. If I got one, I would plant my butt on it and drive around instead of walk. So I'm not going to get one until I have to. I'm also a line dance instructor and I practice the dances I love or I'm going to teach in my next class every day. And I dance several days a week. So that's another thing that helps me be abstinent. It's I can feel a five pound difference in my knees when I'm on the dance floor. I like my knees to last me the rest of my life. I never have my red foods in the house. This is just ever. I go to the grocery store with a list and I avoid the aisles that have my red foods. I also weigh myself every morning. Anytime I've started to put on weight in the past, I have avoided the scale until it's out of control. And I think to myself, well, it's Monday. If I'm not going to wait till Friday, I can overeat Monday and Tuesday and then starve Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, and I'll be okay Friday morning. So that addict never sleeps. So I weigh myself every morning. So all of these things I do on a daily basis. They got me abstinent. They keep me abstinent. And they've helped me maintain a healthy body weight for almost four years now. And if I believed in miracles, I'd say, gee, that's almost a miracle. I am really glad to be part of OA. I can't imagine knowing that that ditch is so close to my path. I can't imagine not coming to meetings and not getting all the strength and support from everyone. Um, I need that in order to stay abstinent. I am glad that OA accepts and welcomes those of us who can't follow the traditional path. For me, the most important aspect of OA is the unconditional support we get from and give to each other. We are not alone in, that in this struggle. That's just wonderful. We tried to do it by ourselves and we couldn't. We can do it when we're together. I know I'm supported by all of you. I can feel it. And I know that I support you and I want you to meet your OA goals. Together, we get better. Thanks.